Well, welcome back. And we are on our part two podcast. And this is Lisa Hawkins with guest Reverend Carol Brown. So we are on part two. Carol, do I have you all charged up about joy and how we can share some steps to help people break through and raise, elevate their emotional state, their spiritual state and relationship with God? Yes, Lisa. Yes, it is a choice. It is a choice. We have access to joy. It's a choice. And in my granddaughter's words, I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. <laughs> and and if folks who don't have it, it's in there. We just got to do some digging. That's some right. Blood. Activate it. We got to raise it up. Raise it up. up That's in right. Chest. I do it's clouded by disappointments and um, unmet needs, but it's there. Right. And I want to share um, something, a couple of scriptures that we, of things we've said that's actually in the word for people that they can read and relate to. If we, if we look at Paul for an example, he says in 2 Corinthians 7, 4, I am overflowing with joy in all our affliction. And mm-hmm. as we know, life is not always rosy. So for him to say he's overflowing, heck, I just want joy. I don't have it overflowing. So that means there's even another level of joy to have it overflowing with joy. That's and right. If we look at Galatians 1.24, he says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. So we know that joy is available even in our struggles. We can't say, well, I don't have joy because of my struggle, because like we said in the first one, joy comes from the Lord. And it's not temporary, it's constant. And But we have to lean into it. That's right. We got to lean into it and we have to do something. So when we think about where did joy come from, it comes from God. That even he says, blessed are you and men hate you. Be glad in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. Yeah. So we have... A, a number of scriptures, if we say, if we know that it comes from the Holy Spirit, not our own efforts or imagination or family upbringing, has nothing to do with joy, because the fruit of the Spirit is joy, as you mentioned in Galatians 5.22. You receive the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So there, anybody who's sitting here saying, you just don't know what I'm going through. Well, we got tribulation, we got suffering, and we have affliction. So I'm sure whatever you're going through falls in one of those categories that yeah. you can still have the flow of the fruit of the spirit. Yes. And so we have to have joy through faith. And that is from believing God. You know, in Romans 15, 13 says, now may the God of hope yes. fill you, yes. fill you with all, with joy, all joy and peace, and peace. in believing. Yes. So the God has to, for it sounds, there's hope, you know, That's you got to right. know that there's hope, that God loves you, that God has a plan for you. It's not about yeah. what you see and what you have. So we can be praying, Lord, fill me. Because his word says he will fill you with all joy. So if you feel like low octane, and I have, like I mentioned before, sometimes my joy is high, sometimes my joy is midway. And sometimes I got to pray and say, Lord, I don't have, I don't feel like I have any. I need, you know, I need you 
to fill me with that joy. And that's where, you know, we're not, people don't walk around as super Christian, super joyful, super fruitful, and all of this stuff. It comes from on your knees, crying, pleading, you know, reading the word, claiming the word, and declaring it. It comes through work. And we're not getting it just because we said we raised our hand with one finger when nobody was looking and said, I accept Jesus and think that's all we have to do. It is a lifestyle and a lifestyle requires discipline and actions. And so I love that the Lord says he will fill us with joy and peace. It doesn't say go to McDonald's and get a happy meal. He doesn't say go out to a club to meet somebody to get the joy and happiness. He will do it himself. Oh my gosh, Lisa, you don't know this. Many years ago, over a decade ago, I was I ran across this scripture and I felt of the Lord to um, give that scripture, to share that scripture with someone. And um, I thought it was for her at the time. But can I tell you, oh, my gosh, that scripture has become such a part of me. I just meditate on it. And, you know, you're talking about discipline and how do we do things. There's a how to. There's a how to. You know, they're not necessarily formulas when it comes to um, living with God, but there's still a high too, because that's who he is. And, mm-hmm. um, we, and, and we don't realize it, but we know that so well, because we learn it and everything else we have to do. How do you pass this exam? How do you get to the next grade? How do you right. get a promotion on the job? But when you sit and just meditate on that, may the God of hope right. fill you. I mean, I like to just sit and imagine him just filling me up with joy and peace. Especially in and the midst that- of your struggle. And you yeah. on your knees crying, he yeah. will answer you. He will. And he gave me this before one of the major faith walks in my life. But again, I thought it was for someone else. And um, it, 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 it's good as you trust in him. And that's where we have a lot of a lot of trouble. Right. You know, how do we trust God and how, how do we actually trust God? And he says so that you may overflow with hope right. by, the, by the power of of Holy Spirit. Well, you know what? When you mention the word trust, I think the issue is because we we think of God as fulfilling our desire. And I think our trust issues come with when God doesn't do what we want him to do, then we think, well, he didn't do what I wanted him to do. Not yeah. realizing that what he wants to do is far greater oh my than gosh. what you wanted him to do. And it just took a little patience. And the word says to wait upon the Lord to renew your strength. If we would just wait, everything I have ever prayed for from to the Lord that I have, that I received was far greater and beyond. I desire just the fact that we're on this podcast, you know, it for 10 years, I just was pursuing God and I never set out for it to be 10 years. Heck, that's how much work I needed. I thought, well, <laughs> uh, I'm going to do these classes. And each class, I thought I was going to be helping the ministry, not realizing my life was being revealed. And it led me to a hunger that led me on a 10-year journey. If you had said to me, oh, it'll take you 10 years to find God, I would have said, oh, well, he's going to have to find me at home. I wouldn't, but I, <laughs> I, once you, once you, once the Lord, renews your mind to who he is and and what I was in I didn't even know 
how to pursue God. But what I, the Holy Spirit knew how to make me pursue God through relationship and that yeah. perseverance of, I want to know you. I didn't go after, and, and I guess in that moment, again, it was directed by God. I wasn't praying for things, although I needed things. I wanted him to be real. And to me, to be real was to show me personally the power and authority. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't even tell him how to show me. But I knew that if the word is true, that he loves me and that he has a plan for me, then I'm going to pray and press in until I see something. Yes, that's it. And you know, I love that, that pressing in. God has just taught me some of the, um, what I can call God surprises and, and some major elevations and God came after pressing in. Mm-hmm. A pressing in and- I didn't even know yeah. what pressing in was. I, <laughs> I had never, I had never fasted That's why I said, I know it's the Holy Spirit because I grew up in church and yeah, you fasted half the day and then you went and ate your pizza and and made up for what you lost in the morning. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You know, (laughs) they had, they said, oh, nobody eats. So we were like all just looking at who looked more hungry than the other. (laughs) But when I was pursuing God and the Lord led me to not eat, I mean, and I was doing water for seven days and 14 and 21, then the next thing I knew, it was four months later, and I was like coming off the fast for two days and going back on. That was not in my own strength. I tried to do that recently. I couldn't make it. I was like, yes. I realized yes. fasting is Holy Spirit inspired. Yes, and it when is. you find that you can't fast, that's because you're trying to put yourself on a diet or you're trying to do it because a man-made program or something. Yes, but when well, your heart does not yield it. Right. But when you're, but the Lord threw me in a fast and when that fast was just producing miracles by the day beyond my imagination. So when people tell me, well, God's not answering me, I'm always saying, what are you doing? Because if you were trying to reach your boss at the job and he didn't respond, what would you do? Right. Track him down. If your children are out past midnight, nobody's called home. Are you going to sleep or are you going to get up? And be making phone calls and searching and seeking for your child. So why would we not seek the God who created us for the answers that we need? Not people. You don't. Yes, it's nice to get people to lay hands and blah, blah, blah. But when you're serious, you will go after God on your own by any means necessary. And that's where you reach him. That's right. You know, when we were in our last episode, we were talking about, you know, just satisfaction and and, and peace and so forth. And one of the things, and we talked about expectations, you know, it's okay to expect God to show up. It's okay to expect God to heal you. It's okay to expect God to provide for you. It's okay to expect God to change your heart, to change the heart of a loved one. It's okay. That is who he is. And as we get to know more about his character, we'll understand those things aren't hard for him either. And so those expectations, oftentimes we just don't expect, you know, it was, oh, mm-hmm. I hope, I hope this happens. No, I'm expecting. Right. Because God said he would provide all of my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He said it. He's not a man that he could lie. So we have to retrain our, our minds. That's the renewing of the mind. And here's the other thing I, I tell 
um, my clients all the time. The first thing we need you to do is discover the lies you believe. Right. Because if you if you live out of a lie, you live a life of lies. Right. You know, if, if, if someone told you when you were growing up all the time, oh, you never you never get it right. You're always messing up. You, you begin to believe that lie. Right. If someone or in my case, you know, what I was allegedly, oh, I had to get it right. I had to be perfect all the time. I started believing that lie. Just like I've, I've had women say that, oh, my husband cheated, but all men cheat. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. You don't have that's to, a lie. You don't have to receive lie. that all men cheat. That's why you should just accept it or, or not really worry about it because they all cheat. Now, I'm not saying a lot don't, but we shouldn't have an expectation that we're going to marry someone knowing they're a cheat. That's right. That's right. That's, that's not right. God's best for you. That's right. And that's what that's right. gets me on wanting to put my hand around a sister's neck. What do you mean he's been cheating on you while you've been dating, but you think it will change when he marries you? Exactly. No, exactly. It'll be worse. Exactly. And that's because, you know, there's no knowledge and understanding, but those things only come from God. So it takes us right back to the same place. And that's relationship. Um, I believe, you know, it's interesting you were talking about when you're pressing and so forth and the fasting. I remember <laughs> I grew up in a, in a Baptist church uh, <laughs> up in Maryland. And, you know, there were a lot of things I never saw or heard until I moved to Atlanta. Uh -huh. Fasting was something I was, was, I was not familiar with. And I mean, I may have read it in scriptures, but it was just not a practice. I, I didn't know anyone who did that all the time. And if I did, they never shared it. And I remember the very first time I had been at a, a, um, a church that uh, practiced, they uh, did a lot of deliverance and I left for lunch and I got in line at McDonald's. I just wanted some French fries. And when I tell you, I could not buy those fries. Ooh. And I was like, what is going on? I could, I was like, oh, really? And I kept, every time I got closer to the line, it's like, and I got out of line, went back without the fries. And I mentioned it to a minister friend of mine. She says, oh, God didn't want you to eat those fries. I'm like, what's going on? Why can't I eat the fries? And it was actually the beginning of God teaching me about fasting. So right. you're right. It was Holy Spirit led. Right. It was not something I said I wanted to do. And even now, after years of, of, operating in that place you know it has to be holy spirit because otherwise i'm just not eating for today <laughs> right 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 well i want to get to our list of some of the things that people can do to you know raise their elevate their level of joy in their life because along with the holy spirit we talked about there's disciplines and actions and things that you need to activate in your life. And one of the key things that I believe and, you know, with coaching believers, and I'm sure with you as well, is I really see a lack of like gratitude that I think from, from a church standpoint, and we're all the church, so I'm not talking about any particular building. I'm talking about right. us as a people. We yes. don't teach on the word. We don't teach on joy. That's why we're talking about it. And the Lord wanted us to talk about it. But we also don't teach about gratitude. That's right. What even gratitude really means. And if I pull up this definition, it says um, the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. Yeah. And I, I think I also see it as gratitude with God as well. So to me, gratitude reminds me 
of the word where the Lord said to love one another, that gratitude is lifting each other up. And That's right. yes, it can be for returning kindness, but it can be just to be kind. Um, but I also remind myself of gratitude when I'm trying to keep my joy and yes. folks are trying to rob it and steal it. I remind myself what God is doing and what he's going to do and what he has done. So my, the gratitude I'm thinking here in the area of joy, because I know that the, we just said, God fills up our joy cup that I want to show my gratitude to God because many times I'll wake up in the day and I don't know about some of you, I'm sure everybody else is perfect Christians, but maybe I'm not. <laughs> but sometimes you wake up and you're rushed. Oh my gosh, I got to get here. And your prayer is like, while you're getting dressed, walking out the door or driving. And sometimes the Holy Spirit just stops me and is like, really? Are you going to go this long in the day and not, yeah. and not really tap in, touch base? It's like, you didn't call home. And, That's right. And I really get to a place of gratitude saying, you know what, Lord? I'm, I'm embarrassed that I'm just praising you this late in the day. And I know it's not that God needs me to do that, but I want the Lord to know how much I appreciate how he protects my family, my children. And we know how the world is. Kids could go to school and not come home. You could go to work and not come home. That I'm thankful that for my family of five that I pray for and I pray for the covering of the blood of Jesus that the Lord delivers and that I put my trust in him. So it's, it doesn't, you know, people sometimes make prayer complicated. We know how to be grateful. We know how to be thankful. And that's all that you have to be is to thank him for what you do have. And when you have struggles, remember when he did bring you through. That always is what helps me get through every trial. If the Lord right. brought me through this past trial that, was this, this, and this, and the Lord miraculously brought me through, then why should I doubt him bringing me through this time? And we have to lean in to what we already know about God and what he's done for us. And if you don't know it for you, you might know it for your parents, your sibling, or someone that you know at church, but you know a story of God coming through. Oh, yes. <laughs> so gratitude is step number one I have in this list. And let me go down it. The second one is mindset. And Reverend Carol, you already mentioned about renewing. The word says to renew our minds daily. And the third one is celebrate. We need to celebrate not just the big things, but we need to celebrate little things. You know, believe it or not, maybe your husband taking you, you know, making you lunch as you know, I had that happen to me one day. I was going to work and I got up and my husband had packed me a little lunch box that he had never, I mean, he's done it off and on through the years, but not know every day. But he had boxed up a little lunch thing. And I was like, oh, thank you. It brought yes. me a little like, oh. And I was like, that is so nice of you. And I, and I, it, it probably that feeling was all morning. I was like, and so when it was time to have lunch, I got it again. Oh so nice because <laughs> I would have never done it for myself yes so yes 
it's not always we think that we celebrate if we take a fabulous vacation we celebrate if we get a diamond ring or a piece of jewelry and my experience in this in doing senior ministry is the things that they regret when you hear them they're not the big things there are a lot of the little things of yes. spending time with someone or being more present in the moment or choosing to be courageous and stepping out and being bold, things that they look back now and regret. So we want to celebrate living. And living, which goes into my next one, is living in the moment. I am a, my whole life, I was living based on the next promotion. I Even the next house. I moved in a house one time in North Carolina. And the next week, I was already looking at my next house. I was already... Yeah. I wasn't satisfied in the moment because I always was in the next thing and the next thing. And I remember my mom has passed now. I remember in my last house in St. Ives, my mother said, well, is this finally, did you finally get the house? Like are you done with your, your need for a bigger house? And I said, oh no, this was the coup de grace. Uh, there's no more looking after this. And, but that was something that I had to, that I regret now because I feel like for my children, I wasn't enjoying that space. I was, and someone had, a, the Lord had sent a CEO to tell me because in my career, I was moving every two years to a different state. So I was always living like I'm moving. And he said, Lisa, wherever you are, act like you're living there the rest of your life. Mm. And I never did it. And I never did it. I was, I said, well, I'm not going to finish the basement in this house because I'll be moving in a year and a half. And I was moving in a year and a half, but I would have enjoyed finishing the basement there with my kids. So when I look back now, sometimes I've had, I repent every probably quarter to the Lord and said, I could have been a better parent if I had done this and I had done that. And I beat myself up and, and the Lord is just like, uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. move on. You've already repented yeah. over this. It's, it's done now. Be a better, grand, be a good grandparent and keep it moving. Yes, and they're great life lessons. And then we get to share those lessons with others who are coming up. Um, one of the things I wanted to speak to um, regarding gratitude and, and, and all of that, the celebrating um, and positive psychology, one area that is um, that has great influence over our happiness, joy, <laughs> is gratitude. Right. And how we can, um, you shared some of the ways to, you know, express gratitude, but then also um, going to others, expressing gratitude, uh, uh, appreciation, mm -hmm. that that actually <clears throat> promotes your own inner happiness, right. your own inner joy. And so, you know, something as simple as um, this is one of one of the things that um, I suggest to people all the time, not only is it a good idea to keep a gratitude journal, but you know what? Let's do something that people don't do anymore. Let's pick up the phone and call someone and tell them how thankful you are right. that they're in their lives. Or let's pick up a card and send a little message and put a stamp on it and mail it. And nobody um, receives mail anymore, but junk exactly. mail, so they'll be surprised. But yes, I mean, especially oh, to do that for older, um, elderly relatives who, you know, 
are less connected because they're not working anymore and so forth. And not but, on the oh internet. My gosh, just taking time. There's a there's a um, some a material that I use that I, I absolutely love, and and this uh, a woman in the um, in the DVD says how. She knows her parents love uh, that she lo- her parents know that she loves them, but she never tells them. So she took a big step to just sit down and say, you know, mom and dad, I appreciate all you have done. I want you to know I love you. And it was amazing to see. She cried all the way through it. Right. And one of the things she said was it made her feel childlike. Yeah. It made her feel vulnerable. And that's right. where we have to be to grow in relationship, first and foremost with God, but then in our own earthly relationships. Oftentimes, um, you know, and when I have couples, um, you know, <clears throat> in counseling or what have you, you know, everybody's mad and, and no one wants to talk. Well, the problem is that no one feels, no one's vulnerable enough to reveal who they really are because they don't want to get taken advantage of or they don't want it to show up later. <laughs> Remember, right. you know, oh, you cried about this or what have you. So we, we all, we always, we're always wearing these masks, right. you know, but the gratitude thing is so healing. And I remember her dad in this DVD said, I wish I could say the same thing to my mom, which right. was clear indication that his mom had passed on. Right. So he no longer had that opportunity. But and he was so happy that his daughter talked, took the time just to say, you know what, I'm grateful. And we can do that for the small thing. You know, look, if your husband's driving around 285 every day and he's got to get up an extra hour early to get to work on time, you know, baby, thank you. <laughs> right, right. Thank you. For working for hard for that money. For that traffic every day. You know? Right. And I think that's a whole podcast we're going to do um, anyway about gratitude and vulnerable. And that's a whole message in itself about if people want to be successful in their job and in their relationships, being vulnerable takes courage. It takes boldness. And it takes a person who knows who they are. And that's a whole other, we'll do a podcast on that one um, next week because that one is it can break it can I mean it's a word for even corporations that if you allow people to share their weakness and share their strength you'll have higher performing teams that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast but we'll go on (laughs) because that that's an awesome one I've I've forgotten it's like you and I are back to our conversations how we normally do but you mentioned journaling which was next on my list Journaling to capture the moments. Believe it or not, I used to, my memory used to be good. I I mean, I remember when I was 40, I could remember everything, when it happened, how it happened. And in the last 10 years, those, all the deep, and see what I realized is the details fade. And Uh so why I think it's so important, especially if you have small children, or you could do it for your grandchildren, or even between you and your husband, what a thing to share in retirement if you were capturing something, the, the details of your growth. But what I, what I was using it here was journaling um, in your gratitude with God and your relationship with the Lord, because what I like that the journal provides, which is similar to your Bible, it provides the encouragement to you 
of, you know what? Wow. God brought me through. We sometimes don't remember all That's right. the details of That's how right. we suffered. We remembered, well, we were broke, but we forgot we were hungry and the hot water was off and the baby had diarrhea and <laughs> we forget <laughs> some of the other things to show how great what God did in bringing us through. So journaling also helps build your confidence because and it also brings healing. It's allowing you to release it in a safe in a safe manner that you don't have to face nobody. You don't have to, but you can bring that journal into your prayer closet with God and you can list yeah. your struggles and you can list the good times and, and you can be vulnerable in your journal to share your truth. And I did something when I was single in a relationship for you single ladies that I, I still this day, I still think it was a great thing. I was dating someone and we lived at a distance. And what, what we did was he would journal and write in the journal things about me. And then in two weeks, he would mail the journal to me for me to read what he wrote that he picked up or thought about me. Then I would write in the journal and then when I was done in two weeks or so, then I would mail the journal back. And wow. it was so revealing because I didn't want to be in a long distance relationship. And I'd been in one before and it's like, I'm too old for long distance. And he came, he actually, I didn't come up with it. He actually came up and I always tell women when a man wants a woman, he will come up with a way. He, <laughs> he knew I didn't want long distance. He had to come up with some unique ideas of how to bridge the gap of yeah. feeling connected without the sexual part. Yeah. And this was his way. And it was romantic because like you said, I was receiving, so I don't know why the Lord has been bringing this up. I was receiving something in the mail that was bringing me, making me smile, making me joyful and making me see someone be vulnerable and see their gratitude and how they appreciated me. So I know for whatever reason, the Lord had me share that somebody listening to this may want to do this with someone that they're dating or maybe their husband. So yeah. let me go on because time is a going. So sharing your joy, your testimony. We have vehicles at our hands in social media and texting and in, in Twitter and all kinds of ways to show our gratitude, but also to share our joy. And not it, it doesn't have to feel braggadocious. Like some people like, well, people will think I'm bragging. Well, you know what? I will tell you that the Lord has shared so many things with me for other people. And I truly believe it's because I share, I really believe part of my prophetic gifting gains strength because of how much I share that God is doing in my life or working through my life or what miracle he let me see or witness. And it's not always about me. It could be about other people. And I've had where the Lord has awakened me and said, pray for so-and-so. I don't know what's going on with so-and-so. And, -so. and right. then I'll send them a note and said, the Lord told me to pray for you. I just want you to know I prayed for you. And I have received tears and cries of like, oh my gosh, Lisa, nobody knows I'm struggling in something really bad and blah, 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 blah. And for me to 
to reach out to them and say, the Lord told me to prayer, it brought joy. It brought that God is thinking about them. So we have to know that when the Lord is sharing stuff with us, it's to do something about it. It goes back to actions. The next one, the next one is smile. There's nothing worse than a sour Christian. That's right. We should believe it or not, when you're feeling down and you put a smile on your face, it changes you organically. It changes your body, your nervous system, everything. It it activates a joy and, and peace and relief, stress and everything by you just curling up. And when you meet other people, they see a smile. That's right. And it's contagious. Right. So, so we got to smile, give compliments. You know, it goes back to kind of it connects with gratitude. As women, we can be cruel. We can be quick to gossip and tear someone down. But it's it's rare and only seasoned women who will build up another woman. I yes. try my best when I see women, and not every time, but I do try my best. If I really see something they're doing um, or something they're wearing, even if it's strangers, I, sometimes people look at me straight and be like, oh, wow, that dress is working, girl. I make sure I do it to women because I want them to do the same for someone else. And if we want people to change, we have to just change and hope it's contagious and it'll change. Prayer. Prayer has to be a way of life. Prayer is our connection with God. Prayer is our conversation. It's our talk. It's our walk. It's like the match that lights the stove. We have to have prayer. Reading the word, reading the word helps us understand what our promises are. I look at it as the contract. When you buy a car, you got all these pages and words that they make you sign that none of us even read anymore. We just sign wherever they say sign. And half the time, we don't even know what we're signing. But we sign away tons of pages. And every page says, you have understood what you read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sign. Right. We'll do that in a heartbeat because we're too lazy to read, but the word is a living, breathing document that is waiting for us to activate. So we have to read it to know who we are and who God is. And the last one is speaking God's character over your struggles. You know, I think I had mentioned to you earlier when we were talking that people will have struggle and say, well, look, this is what the Lord has led me to. That's a lie. The Lord let this happen to me. That's a lie. Oh, the Lord probably is mad at me. Instead of thinking of saying what the word is, the Lord has a plan and purpose. I may have stumbled. I may have fumbled, but I'm going to get back up and get my get my mind renewed and get back on track. Instead of repeating the lies the enemy is giving them on you're not good enough. Oh, you shouldn't have tried to be a Christian anyway. You were not cut out for this you need sex or you need a better job or you got a, you ain't got time to be reading no word when you are broke. Those are all lies from the devil. And we entertain those lies and we need to entertain what the word says about God's character. Yes. Yes. That is so, um, that is so true. You just reminded me, um, this happened to me right after college and I was attending a uh, Bible school, because um, I just wanted to know the word more. And the instructor said something, Lisa, that it could have offended me. Mm-hmm. It may have offended others. 
But he asked us a question. What do you do? I grew up in the city. So what do you do on Saturday morning when the Jehovah Witnesses come around? And we're like, we don't answer the door. <laughs> and he said, why don't you? And I remember saying, well, my mama said not to answer the door. I blamed him. <laughs> and he said something that changed my life. And really, I believe God used it to just, just throw me right into the path he had for me. He said, you don't answer the door because you don't know what you believe. And not only do you not know what you believe, you don't know why you believe what you believe. And I'll never forget that. Right. I've been in my, I was carried into the church, gave my life as a young child to Christ. And that made me pause because I don't like being told I didn't open the door because I didn't know what I believe. Yes, I do. I've been on the choir forever. <laughs> I started an usher board. I've been, I've been doing this. I've been doing I that. And I served, I've been youth leader. And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't know what I believe. But oh my gosh, God opened my eyes and it was so true. We have to, because oftentimes, what do we, we believe whatever mom and them said, right? but we and have to know it for said, ourselves. What the pastor so, said on Sunday. Yes, I had to begin, I had to begin to asking that question, what do I believe and why do I believe what I believe? And I promise you, it just set me on a path and now I have no problem with those two questions. And I encourage others to find the answer to those two questions as well. I agree. That's what started the whole journey of me trying to figure out what I believed. Because if what I believed is true, then I haven't been living with the power that God has given me. Yes. And that's an empty life. And that's a stressful life. And that's a life full of anxiety and worry. And you know what? You should be worried and full of anxiety because you're trying to do it on your own That's and right. living on your own laws and your own principles bring you hell and high water. Yeah. And until you decide to surrender, until you decide to say, not my will, but thy will be done. Yes. You will stay going around that mountain like the Israelites round and round. Yeah. So I, um, I'll, I'd like to have, if you don't mind, Reverend Carol, to close us out in prayer. And yeah. for those listening, we will be on tomorrow. But I'm going to have, I want to thank Reverend Carol for joining us today. And these two podcasts have been powerful and insightful and definitely God driven and the word driven. Yes. And I just appreciate her and I just pray a tenfold anointing on everything that she does. And we will be having her back regularly. She doesn't know it, but she will be <laughs> back. She will be back regularly and we'll be having um, some awesome conversations and the Lord's going to use her mightily in the lives of women. So let you close this out in prayer. Yes, Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you for your um, obedience to um, God's prompting. Um, it has been my, my pleasure. Um, and honor to spend time with um, you and just seeing you move in all the things that God has called you to. And Father, we just want to thank you right now for this time and the opportunity for you, Father God, orchestrate all things in our lives. And God, I'm also thankful right now, God, and I know Lisa knows this, and I pray that you're 
here is a knowing this as well, that no matter what has happened in our lives, no matter what we've been through, Father, that you don't waste a thing and you're using it all, you're turning it all around to bring us to exactly the place you so ordained for us before the foundations of the earth. We thank you, Father, for joy tonight. Yes, Father God, I pray that each one hearing will experience your joy at another level this day. I pray, Father God, that every day their eyes will open, Father God, and plan, Father God, to walk in joy throughout the day, that their expectation, Father, will be joy, joy, joy. I pray, Father God, according to 1 Thessalonians 5, that we will be joyful always, that we will pray continually, and that we will give thanks in all circumstances, for this is your will for us in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for you are the one who is faithful. And I pray, Father God, that the vision you have given Minister Lisa, Father God, that it will be blessed, Father God, and that you enlarge her territory. Father, we just thank you for those who are hearing, those who are coming to hear. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Till tomorrow. God bless. Till tomorrow. Shalom.